Carol, have you ever thought, because we're such hoarders and we have so much stuff, how stressful the thought of moving house is going to be? Oh, it's going to be a nightmare, but I know of a great service for that. Oh? It's Van Butler Glasgow. Ah, Van Butler Glasgow. They understand how stressful the thought of moving home, office, or storing your precious effects can be. That's why they stand above the rest and devote themselves to giving you a seamless service and ensure that you have a stress-free move. So let the Van Butler team take care of you. They are immensely proud to offer you their first-class service, whether it be a complete home move or help with a storage solution. The team at Van Butler Glasgow will be there to fulfil your needs. They are a family business of good standing and experience. Their staff are thoroughly trained to ensure that your needs are met throughout the process, so you have every confidence in them. They offer an individually tailored fixed-price quote with no hidden extras. Van Butler Glasgow can move you anytime, anywhere, seven days a week, come rain or shine. That's good, because we live in Scotland and the weather can change every minute of every single day. After all, it's all in the service. And that's why we're proud at the Hughes Musings podcast to be brought to you in conjunction with Van Butler Glasgow. Welcome to episode 63 of the Hughes Musings podcast. My name is John. And I'm Carol. And we are the Hugheses, and this is Hughes Musings 2021 edition. What? What? How is it 2021? We started this in 2019. I'm so fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh, it's mad. Like, a brand new year. Um, heard lots of people sort of saying good riddance to 2020 and all that sort of stuff. And, mm. like, all of a sudden, things are going to be completely different now that it's a new year. It's, it's not for a while, but mm. hopefully this year will be a bit better, I think. Yeah. The only way is up is the way I see it, the to be honest. The only way is up, baby. That's the one. For you and me now. It's a brand new year. We've been away for a while. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, you have been so busy. But yeah, so you were really busy. Yeah. Then I was really busy. Yeah. So now John's furloughed again. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and Not I'm yay. still just as busy, but it's a day off, so whoop whoop. Yeah, it means that we can use your days off to actually get things done, which yeah. is nice. And we thought we'd uh, catch up and say Happy New Year to all the muses, so... Happy New Year. I'm sure everyone said it back. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure everyone went, Happy New Year, on the bus or whatever. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Of course I did. I would. <laughs> would you? <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> Although, the other day I was on my way to work and I was listening to a podcast that makes me laugh a lot and I was absolutely just crying laughing on the bus. Oh, and there no. There was a few people just looking at me like, weirdo I just like it just so they said something and it caught me and I was like belly laughing on the bus <laughs> oh dear you must look crazy couldn't stop myself yeah so I just looked like an insaner Captain Insaner mm. so we've been away and it's it's been festive season mm-hmm. so how how was Christmas for you my love 
It was really good, but really strange. Yeah. It so, was it was different, wasn't it? Yeah, it's been years since I've had Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day all off together. Yeah. Usually I'm working Christmas Eve so I can get Christmas Day off or I'm off Christmas Day but then working Boxing Day or whatever. Um, but I was off Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day which was so nice. Yeah. So Christmas Eve I could, you know, get things ready, tidy the flat, chop some veg, last minute shopping, wrapping, etc. Yeah. Um, and then Christmas Day, we yeah. had my parents round. It was really good that you had yeah. that time on Christmas Eve because mm-hmm. obviously we were saying like I was crazy busy leading all the way up to Christmas Eve, and then on Christmas Eve I had to go and close down the shop because mm-hmm. we, as you said, we're now on furlough. So I was having like I only did a short shift. I only did like four hours or something like that, but. It was like a crazy intense four hours of trying to close down and get everything done. So yeah. It was really good that you had that time on Christmas Eve like to do all our last minute bits and that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, we did all our prep that night, didn't we, ready for Christmas the Day. The first time that we've hosted Christmas Day in yeah, the flat. Yeah, for your family and that was, well, for your parents and that was, yeah. that was really lovely. Um, obviously, you know, we were going into new lockdown rules, like we've, we've obeyed them, we've been very stringent, um, mainly because, you know, of your job, etc. Yeah. Um, so we knew that that was pretty much the last time that we were going to be able to see your parents before, you know, we went into the next set of uh lockdown yeah so it's quite tight up in scotland again um but they came round and they brought the starter and john made all the main and then i made the pudding and you made a bit of the pudding as well yeah um and we just had a lovely time like they were here all day like they just sat on the sofa and like chilled out while we were getting things ready and then we ate together and then we had a restaurant meeting sat on the sofa and then we we had the dining table out, which we rarely get out, yeah. um, and it was just so nice for it just to be the four of us. Because usually, whenever like I see my parents, my nephews are there, or my brother's there, his yeah. wife, etc. Like it's a, it's always a get together, but it was so nice just to have the four of us. Like yeah, just, just a, a relaxed Christmas. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was nice. It was nice to see them relax and not have to do anything. Yeah, because at their house they're obviously like tidying up Hosting or all the yeah, time, yeah, playing with so, the boys and yeah. So it was nice for like it felt like it was like an extra gift for them, for them to be able to just relax and enjoy it. Yeah, and it felt like a long day, but not in a bad way. Like it yeah. felt we had so much time together. It yeah, felt... I didn't feel like we had to rush through the day. You no. know, it was it. We took our time with everything and enjoyed and savoured the different moments that we had yeah. there. It's also Dad's birthday on Christmas Day. And yeah, so we had I decorated a cake. We had absolute disaster with the cake. Um, so <laughs> yeah. we've got a box in the kitchen, like a, a storage box. Yeah, like a plastic container box. Yeah, yeah and I keep all the flour, sugar... Bits for decorating, All the ice and sugar. Stuff, yeah. mm. Baking stuff goes in this box and it sits on a little shelf in the kitchen. So I'd taken out the flour and I'd measured the flour. I'd taken out, I'd got my eggs and sugar and all that. And then I opened up something, I don't know what it was, and it was moving. Yeah, it was the sugar. There was little flour mites or something like that. I've only yeah. ever heard of flour mites. And I was like, shit. And then I went through the box and it was in everything. Yeah. Everything had these little flower mites in it, so I had to throw away 
everything. And then luckily in a separate box, I had this cake mix that I thought, oh, the nephews come round, we can bake with them. Mm -hmm. This was like, I bought it like a year ago. It had one month left on its expiry date. (laughs) And it was a chocolate fudge cake box mix that you just had to add milk to or eggs to or oil to or something. I don't know. Um, Dad doesn't really like chocolate cake. He wants a vanilla cake. He likes a Victoria sponge. He's got very simple taste. But I was like, well, it's this cake or no cake. It is like, 11 o'clock at night on Christmas Eve, (laughs) this is the cake he's getting. This is the only cake that's going to happen, yeah. Yeah, so I made that, and obviously it's like a kid's, like, box cake. I think it was like a brownie mix, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah. it didn't even rise that much, or whatever, (laughs) but I was like, it's the thought that counts at this point. Yeah. You know, Mm. the fact that he's got a cake that we can sing happy birthday. And I went all out on decorating. Yeah, you did. So I'd bought some fondant, like pre-made fondant that's white. And I had food colouring and I just like coloured it. But I had to throw away all the powdered sugar. So every time I add this liquid food dye, it was getting stickier and stickier and stickier. I had nothing to like dry it up. Yeah, yeah. So I had it like stuck to baking paper. I was peeling it off. It was stuck. I had to wear like work gloves like what they called like latex free yeah. like examination gloves rolling it out because it was sticking to everything but it looked not bad like oh I, you, you did an amazing job yeah the, i could have done better but i could have done milk worse. bottle especially was <laughs> was an absolute victory um that, that idea was the the lovely nicola i said i'm making a cake for my dad i need some ideas for i want to decorate it with all things or his hobbies or his likes so i had a chess piece a superman symbol a disney logo and she said, bottle of milk, because my dad, we rip it out of him because he always drinks milk. Yeah, so you go to a restaurant and we're like, uh, well, I'll have a Diet Coke or oh, I'll have a glass of wine, why not? Yeah, and your dad's like, you got any skim milk? I'll have skim milk. Yeah, so in the way, like, we like to make fun of him, but in another way, he's diabetic and he hates the taste of sweetener. Yeah. Like, any diet drink, he will know. Like, I've given it to him, pretending it was full sugar coke. He knows and he just right. knows, he just doesn't like it. Mm. And if he was to order a Coke, we would give him into so much trouble. Yeah, of course. For being so, like, reckless. Of course. So his other favourite drink is a fresh orange and lemonade, which has got so Loaded much sugar, sugar in it. as well, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and he doesn't really drink, like, a beer or a wine or anything like that. So either has milk or tap water, and it's so sad. But, yeah. but he likes yeah, his milk, so... He does. <laughs> you know, even at choice at home, he'll have a glass of milk. So. Yeah, yeah. But now that we're talking about Christmas and we're talking about making food, I mm-hmm. think we should head straight over Ooh. and find out exactly what was on our plate. Oh, can't you tell me, Nate? Oh, can't you tell me? Why can't you tell me? What's on your plate? What's on your flumping plate? So, Carol, as you said, we made a big old Christmas dinner. Yeah. We did. So, so let's talk about our Christmas dinner and what we made and what was on our plate. Because I got to be honest, I was quite proud of myself. Mm. I mean, proud of myself. I was proud of us because you know you did as much as me. Yeah, it was all your ideas, and I just kind of was your sous chef. Yeah, yeah. But between us, we 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 made an absolute banging dinner. I yeah. Think. I, I'm a bit sad because I was like, don't make too much because we have hundreds of leftovers. So we like really did enough. 
Yeah. And I'm a bit sad that there wasn't enough leftovers. Like, I wish there was... I wanted, I wanted Christmas dinner again on Boxing Day. Yeah, Christmas so dinner good. mark too. Yeah, yeah, it would have been... Because it was so good, it would have been fine. Yeah, yeah, but there was some leftovers. My parents took half, and then later on at night, we were nibbly, so we had, like, a mini Christmas yeah, dinner. Yeah, we had two, yeah, mini plates, yeah. 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 Uh, so, uh, our main roast... Yep. We bought three bird roast. Yep, classic Aldi or little one. I think, yeah, I think you said you got it from little. Little, yeah. yeah. Bird and so a bird and a bird. Yeah, bird and a bird and a bird. Uh, but a, it wasn't a like... It's a duckin', as you say. It wasn't a, a whole turkey. It was like a very small... Yeah, it was like a, a mini roast, because there's only four of us, so... We I think were, it said served six on the yeah. packet, served six to eight or something, so it was, you know, it was relatively small. Yeah, it was, yeah, like all those small, like, tray roasts, and we didn't want to do a full bird, because you end up wasting a lot of it, and there was only four of us, You weren't, we weren't making for that many. And no one is that big on turkey? Yeah. Like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Which was nice, but apart from the stuffing. Yeah, but there was two you could buy. There was one that had sage and onion stuffing and one that had cranberry stuff, cranberry and something stuffing. I thought, I'll buy the cranberry and something stuffing because mum is making granny stuffing and bringing it round, and that's sage and onion. Yeah. Um. So I want something different, and it wasn't that great. No. Is it moist? And, and it was, like, weirdly sweet because it was cranberry stuffing, and I, I don't know, just because mm. it had sat in the birds and... I mean, it wasn't just... I ate it. It like. wasn't It wasn't <laughs> terrible, but if there was any point of the meal that we all kind of went, oh, that could have been better... Yeah, that was the weakest that was, point. That was the bit that mm. we were like, mm, maybe that could have changed. And it was wrapped in bacon or something as well, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was really pa- like, palm ham sort of thing. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't bacon, it was, yeah, it was, like, ham wrapped. Yeah. Um, and then, so, we made a ham as well. Mm-hmm, just a little one. Uh, a little one, yeah. Honey glazed. Lovely. Yeah, a little honey glazed ham, which was amazing. Yeah. That was really good. Um, potatoes, we had two ways. Yep. With the best roasties I've ever had in my life. Thank you very much. Because we took time and effort and love went into those roasties. Oh, yeah, I... Yeah, because the first thing that your dad said... As soon as we were like, oh, yeah, we'll make Christmas dinner. He was like, make sure you get the roasties right. They, they, they've got to be right. And I was mm. like, don't worry. I'll get them right. Yeah, he was like, you sure you can do it? Yeah, so... Challenge was, accepted, Stuart. That was, yeah, in my head straight away. I was like, yeah, I can make roasties. What's this? So, yeah. We bought some goose fat and we, like, researched recipes. Yeah, of, like, ways to get, like, the perfect result. So mm-hmm. the way that we did it was is that you sort of put your your roasting pan on the hob to heat up the oil first. Like, so you parboil your potatoes and rough them, like most people do that. Then you put a bit of flour on them, and then you heat the oil, and then introduce your roasties. Put them in the oven for 20 minutes, pull them out, heat the oil again, turn them, then put them in the oven for 20 minutes, then pull them out, heat it again, turn them, and then put them in the oven for another 20 minutes. So all together, they're roasting for about 60 minutes on a low heat. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just keep heating the oil through as you turn it because it cre- creates that crisp yeah. and it keeps it soft in the middle. And they were amazing. They were. They were so crunchy, crispy on the outside and so soft, fluffy on the inside. Yep. Perfect. Yep. And the other style of potatoes was my absolute fave, and I couldn't have done it, and I won't do it without you. Yes. Because it's not something that I can be bothered doing on my own. No. So you, Matt, you boil the potatoes as if you're going to have them mashed, or fully, fully boiled, no yeah, parboil. Nice or anything. and soft, yeah. Like and then we get the potato racer. Yeah. And we. So yeah, you get a ricer, yeah, and then setting. push it through the ricer so it's really sort of small and soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we added cream and butter. Yeah. Garlic and herbs. 
yeah, mixed sage, yeah, sage, which was I think what just set them off. Like mm. it was such because like we put a little bit of garlic and onion powder in them mm-hmm. uh, with the cream and the butter. Like so, they're nice and rich there, and the sage just kind of set all that off, and it was just they were just beautiful. And then you piped them. I did. I piped them into a muffin tray, and then we baked them so they crisp over the top. Yep. And they were amazing. They well, were we grilled them, so didn't we? Yeah. To create that crisp, because we we did a tester a couple of weeks before, and they <laughs> when we went to bake them again, they just melted. Oh, the butter! The yeah. butter just just melted again, and just they lost all their shape and everything. So so yeah, uh, this time Carol piped them into a cupcake tray, and we grilled them on top, so they crisped on the top, and they were amazing. They were so good. And then we had some parsnips. Yeah, so I made a maple glaze. Ooh. Ooh, so we had maple glazed parsnips. And we had buttered carrots. Yeah, so you... I've never seen somebody cook carrots like that before. So mm. you literally like butter and a little bit of sugar, wasn't it? Yeah. And then you just essentially cook them in the butter. Like, well, yeah, so, you add a little bit of water as well. Right. You put the water so that they're like just covered. And then a bit of butter, a bit of sugar, and then you put the lid on and you just boil them until the water's gone. Evaporated. So or it's absorbed in, in, yeah. yeah. Mm. So they're like buttery, gooey, sweet carrots. Yeah, they were nice. Yeah, they were good. They they were um, nice with everything else. Like, depend. I could only eat them with certain things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they were really, really, really good. And we had Brussels sprouts, of course. Yeah, and they, that was cooked with pancetta and the rest of the maple glaze. Mm-hmm. So the saltiness of the pancetta... A little bit of sweet maple, smoky, and then just sort of, uh, we boiled them first and then just sort of tossed them with the the fried pancetta with maple. Yeah. Which was amazing. I think that was it. Mum brought chipolatas. Yeah. Yeah. Your mum did pigs and blankets, which was amazing. Yeah. And um, the stuffing. Like and the stuffing. Yeah. Granny's stuffing. And that was everything, I think. I think so. Oh, no. Oh. The pièce de résistance. Was my cauliflower cheese? <gasps> How could I forget the cauliflower cheese bake? The cauliflower cheese bake was beautiful. It's the ultimate decadence. It's just unnecessarily fatty and wonderful, but it was amazing. Yeah, it was really good. So good, so good. Um, we sort of did a bit of research into that on the best way to get cauliflower cheese, and we done a practice round of that. So yeah, the, um, the practice round was good. Christmas Day was amazing yeah it just the cheese gods were looking down upon us and yeah. they they oh, made it it was just so good so so good and gravy of course we just we just had regular gravy from the juices yeah so we used the juices of the roasts both roasts and then some good old bisto powder yeah, just standard <laughs> yeah, gravy powder and gave it a good mix it was a bit thin i thought it could have yeah but Later on, when we had our mini plates, we thickened it up, and it was. A I bit didn't too much. like it. it yeah, I preferred it thin. Yeah, which is really weird because I like my gravy thick. I think because we ran out of chicken granules, mm. chicken gravy granules, I had to introduce a bit of beef, mm. and it made it a bit too salty. Yeah, so that might have been the difference. But it was good. It yeah, was and good. then we 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 made some very. Uh, Eloquent desserts. Before didn't we? before all this, we had starters. My dad made us very posh prawn cocktails. Oh yeah, and you had a very posh patty on Melba toast. I did. So he bought I like, don't like prawn. Cute little jars and like 
made them all inside the jar and his oh, own yeah, little sauce. Oh, yeah, they're like in little mason jars. It was really cute, wasn't it? Not mason jars. What? Yeah. So yeah. they're called when they clip over. Yeah, mason jars. I thought mason jar was different. Anyway, whatever. Cute little jars. Um, so puddings. Yes, we went a bit cray-cray on the puddings, didn't we? We made some amazing stuff, though. So John made some mini cheesecakes, some little individual cheesecakes. Yeah, salt the caramel cheesecakes. Beautiful. And then I made, what did we call them? Joys? Pots of joy? Yeah, pots and pots of joys. Pots and pots of joy. So I got these, they're like extra large shot glasses. Yeah. And we put a little bit of butterscotch angel, angel delight, delight yeah. a bit of caramel sauce, but it was like thick caramel sauce. It was like caramel. It wasn't caramel sauce, it was caramel. Yeah, it was like, oh, yeah, it was um, the carnation stuff, wasn't it? So yeah. same company does all like condensed milk, mm-hmm. but it was caramel. It was really good. It was basically like the caramel shortcake. Like that kind of caramel. Yeah. It was so good. So bits of that. Chopped up bits of brownie. Yeah. And some squishy cream. And a little bit of the best thing ever, which was the Bailey's cream. Oh, yeah. And a little bit of Bailey's cream. Yeah. So we we spotted it, uh, Bailey's cream, in like October. Yeah. Um, Extra thick Bailey's cream. Yeah. We were like, oh, we've got to get some of that for Christmas. I don't know what we're going to use it for, but we need it for Christmas. We just need it. And we used it for everything. (laughs) Yeah, and then the I made like mini tarts. So I bought I bought I bought all the ingredients to put it together. Like I didn't make anything from scratch. No. So it was like little mini pastry cups. Yep. Um and then so half so a third I put in some raspberry jam with some mini strawberry meringues on the top. Yep. A third I put some vanilla custard with little lemon meringues on top. Yep. And then the other third, I put the caramel yeah. and sprinkled over some chocolate sprinkles. So yeah. it looked like, ver- was it vermicelli? What's it called? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it looked like that. Oh, they were so good. The strawberry ones looked like um, giant midget gems. Yeah, because <laughs> the meringues were just a wee bit too big. So good, really. I loved it. And then following the Bailey's advert, where they like rip off the reindeer's head. Yeah. Or antlers. Yeah. I got the lint teddy bears and chopped off just the ears, like the very tippy top. Yeah. And I filled it with caramel, with butterscotch, Bailey's with cream. Bailey's cream, anything that was left. It was essentially like another pot of joy, but in a bag. And then I put the little ears back on again. Yeah. And how was that? That was everything, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. So we ate hardly any because... <laughs> We were so full from Christmas dinner. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we had a cheese board, which we didn't open. Which we still haven't had. <gasps> oh, no. So we have cheese and more pate. And crackers. And crackers, which at some point we're going to have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we bought, like, mini mince pies and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, for, like, when we had coffees later. But we ended up not having them with the coffees because we ended up having the desserts with the coffees. And birthday cake. And them. birthday cake with the coffees. Yeah. Yeah. So. So we bought way too much food. Way um, too much sweet food. I feel like we ran out of savoury food. Although the cheese and crackers are quite savoury. But we had loads of, like, puddings and stuff left. So I was, like, sending my parents away with, like, hundreds of these puddings. Yeah. And <laughs> I've had a really bad week. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was just really bad between Christmas and New Year. I was just like, well, I've got all this food that needs eating. Let's do it. So that was our plate. Yeah, and it was delightful. Oh. Boxing day. Um, just chilled had, out. Had kind of buffet food like Picked you do up. on Boxing Day. Yeah. And just chilled. Like spoke to some of your family, but, you know, didn't really do much. No. Nope. 
um, as you're supposed to do on Boxing Day, as I think, you know, is the right way to do things on Boxing Day. Well, yeah, in the past, we would normally, like, see family and stuff like that, but we went into strict lockdowns on the 26th, so it is a bit strange. Do you know that way you're like, no, and you can't? You're like, oh. And then I was back to work the 27th. Yeah, back to life as normal um, for you. And then I worked seven days in a row because it was um, Christmas Eve. So I was off, sorry, I was off Christmas and I worked New Year. Yeah. Um, And because I had the three days off. I could have had just Christmas Day and Boxing Day and then I would have done like three days, one day off, three days. But Mm. I was like, it's worth it. Yeah, so I had the three days it, yeah. off and mm. then I had those seven days. Yeah. So it was quite weird at work because a lot of people like cancelled or reduced service. Yeah. Um, so there's some people who usually would go in like four times a day. We were only in like morning and bedtime and the right. family were with them like for lunch and dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some people who don't have family that live close by, who don't have people in their support bubble. So they were by themselves. So we still went like on, well, someone went on Christmas Eve and then I went on New Year's Eve, um, and yeah. just like a social visit, just mm. so they had, so, so they seen someone. Mm. Um, that was really nice. Mm. Yeah, just powered through. It was yeah, New Year's was very reserved for us this year, wasn't it? Yeah. So I was working, and I got home, and by the time I had my shower and stuff, I went to bed at ten. Yeah. And then you woke me up at eleven, half eleven. Just after, yeah. Just after, just after eleven. Yeah. yeah. And you'd made me party food. I did. I made you. I made some nibbles. Should we say? I had sandwiches, chicken nuggets. And pizzas. Yeah. And the cheese board, which still didn't get opened. Yeah, (laughs) because we filled up on pizza and chicken nuggets and sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah, but... And then we watched some stuff on telly, which is... I mean, it was all right, but... It was a bit rubbish, let's be honest. We were flicking from one thing to another going, this is boring. Yeah. Like, New Year's Eve TV used to be really good. Did it. Like, I remember, like, they used to have, like, a good celebration on TV. Mm. Like, I felt a little bit let down this year. I thought, I can watch New Year's Eve telly, that's fine. But it was bad this year. And then I went back to bed at half past 12 and was working the next day. That was it, And I was the first footer for a couple of people. It was very strange. Some of them weren't really aware. Another one's, I took in some shortbread and they were like, that's so nice. I was like, yeah. I was really gifted that someone gave me that I was just like giving out to someone else. Right. Um, yeah, it was nice, and then it was just back to normality straight after that, you know. It's a brand new year then, now. It is. And uh, I don't really, I'm not a big believer in New Year's resolutions. As we discussed a year ago. Yeah, like, people will know that now. Like, mm. But is there anything that you're wanting to achieve this year, Carol? Well, the goals that I'd set myself last year, I feel like I failed at all of them. I did not manage to accomplish <laughs> any of the goals so i'm going to try again <laughs> yeah i'm sure it was something like be better with my finances but this year completely ruined that i mean there, yeah um, there wasn't a chance this year we've we've limped through this year and then one was to be healthier and fitter so i was doing really well at the start of the year i was doing three classes a day not like two classes a day three classes a week I was doing like a yoga one with my mum. Yeah. I was doing a pound one with Laura. And then the other one, I don't know if I was doing it myself or with Laura. I was sometimes doing circuits, sometimes doing like tums, bums and thighs or whatever. Yeah. And I was in a really good rhythm and they all stopped. Yep. And eating's been up and down. I think everyone's the same though. Like I'm not beating myself up too much about it. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so be healthier and fitter. Be wiser with my money. And 
the other one was to take more time for me and I don't think I've done that this year either. No. I don't so. think I don't think you've had a chance. Yeah. With everything that's happened and the amount that you've been working because you changed jobs last year as well and you know at the start of lockdown you switched jobs and your job's crazy. Yeah, I know. So I know. You haven't had any time for you. Well, I get three or four days off a week. Yeah, I but shouldn't. I'm really needy. So. <laughs> but today I've had a lovely day off. Yeah. This uh, The annoying thing is, though, across eight days, this is my only day off. Yeah. So I really should have rested, but I really didn't. I was in the mood to purge, and I did. So Yeah, you've been a, a busy bee today. Uh, yeah, I've been watching this woman on TikTok. I know, like, whatever. Um, but she used to be a drug addict and all this kind of stuff, and she's now like a therapist or something like that. Right. Um, to in a, in a recovery and rehab recovery or something. Sure, sure. And she does. She has this TikTok series on housework and a home, and how having a clean house is morally neutral. Like you're not a good person because you have a clean house. You're not a bad person because you have a messy house. Like, yeah. Their, your space is there to serve you you're not there to serve your space sure so it's about like you don't have and I have a problem with hyper focusing like if we've discussed like if I start something well, I don't think we've really discussed it massively on here but not we, on here we've, no we've but talked we've about it more it, yeah. like so when you say hyper focusing yeah mm-hmm. what do you mean by that so say hyper focusing is like say there's a mark on the fridge like inside, inside the shelf, a little bit of milk has spilt. A normal person would wipe the milk and move on with their life. I have to empty the entire fridge, clean every single shelf, check every single bit of food to see if it's in date, see if it's whatever, and organise it, put it back in the right shelf, and like completely clean it all. Like I, Once I start the task, I'm hyper-focused on it, and I have no idea of passage of time, or if I've got something else to do, I just hyper-focus on it. Yeah. And then like, Say I'm doing that in the fridge and then I want to put something in the recycling. So I go to the recycling, the recycling's full. I then have to spend ages sorting out the recycling or taking it down. And then I go to the bin, the bin's full. I have to sort that out, take it down. You know, it's like one thing after another. I can't stop Yeah. until you, it's done. It's amazing to watch. Like, and, it's, <laughs> and it's great for the flat sometimes. <laughs> but like when we're doing like a full spring clean and we need to like, or like we've got people coming around and we need to like, quickly whip around the flat and just mm. get it looking nice enough for somebody to come into yeah. which we haven't had to do for a while to be fair <laughs> but it's it's a nightmare at that point because yeah. we have to tidy the entire living room and all of a sudden you're in the bathroom with a toothbrush behind the toilet exactly like. <laughs> yeah like you know like it just it's hard to sort of keep you on track sometimes because of that but yeah but like I said, I mean, sometimes I just let you go. <laughs> <laughs> just let me go off just one. Leave you to it. People have said, like people who've witnessed it, are just like, oh yeah, you're really helping there, John. I'm like, I know better. You try and help her. Go on, go on. I dare you. Um. So yeah. So I've been following some advice that she has given with our spare room because our spare room is unfunctional. It has no function. It's a mess. Yeah. It's a hoarder's room. Yeah. Yeah. So she said the first thing to do is go around the room and anything that is rubbish or recycling, get rid of it. Yeah. So I done that. There was a big pile of boxes up there from Christmas. Yeah. There was random little bits. Not too much rubbish in here because we don't really 
do things in here for rubbish. No, but we have been bad over the festive period, like you said, like just throwing things in or mm-hmm. not really, you know, concentrating on what we're putting in here because, like, we have just been going like, oh, because we're so busy, we'll just sort that out later. Yeah. And we've done that a lot with the spare room recently. Yeah. And the next thing she said is take out any dishes, but there wasn't any dishes in here because we don't eat in here. We don't, not recently anyway. Yeah. Um. So that that stage wasn't done. And then she said the next thing is anything that you don't use anymore that you would donate. And she's like, if you can, if you as a person can put it all in a bag and take it somewhere to donate, that's great. But if you put it on a bag and leave it there for six months, that's not a great thing because it's affecting you. So I did have bags of things I wanted to donate and I just threw them out because I'm not going to donate them to anyone. They've sat there for six months already. Sure. And it's not anything that's really going to benefit anyone. It's like some candles I was gifted. It's like old purses or things that aren't really going to save anyone's life you know it's yeah it's not good for the environment i understand that but sometimes you've just got to draw a line yeah and be able to deal with the guilt and move on from that so those things went in the bin and then everything that has a place so anything that belonged to me it goes in my bedroom there was things that go in the bathroom like some towels face cloths yeah i just put them all away and then all that's left is things that don't have a place and i put them in neat piles yeah so it's made a big difference i feel this is it, it has made a massive difference, but this is something that I want to focus on this year. Um, yeah. Because obviously we use this as our studio space as well. Yeah. Uh, and we don't really use the room for a lot else anymore. No, because so, there's no space to do anything else. But what I want to do is is make it feel a bit more like a functional studio yeah. space. And my, my goal is I want to get rid of this. So we've got a TV that we don't use anymore. And I want a craft table. I want a little table I can do my craft on. Okay. You've got your studio. I want a table. Okay. <laughs> so that's a no. I'm not getting my craft space. Okay. We'll we'll we'll, we'll chat about things. Yeah. Not on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we we want to we want to start using this room. Yeah, when you get you a stand for your keyboard. Well, we've got a stand. Just need a place for it to go. Just need you know like. The studio area isn't big enough mm. for what I need to use it for. Basically, is that we need like more of a designated area, so we need to clear the room out, reset it up, you know, just in the way that we want it, etc. Yeah. Um, and we can we we use it as this room as our laundry room as well, which so. I love because yeah. I love the fact that laundry is out of sight. Yeah, I like the fact that it's it's out of the way. It has a designated place. It's always there. It's not in the way of anything else. It doesn't just... get in the way of our life. You know, it's just that's where the laundry is. It's it's really helpful. Oh, love um, it. So that's not going to change. So we just need to move around the, the other parts of the room. So, yeah, we'll get there between the two of us, my love. We will. We will. Um, so, yeah, for, for the year for me, I've set myself a little challenge. Oh, um so 2021 has a bit of a hashtag for me it sure does it really does new year less me so i like last year was was it shifting weight to shift the weight Mm -hmm. didn't really happen because (laughs) the gyms were open very sporadically um gym equipment's very expensive and i've got nowhere to put it because we've got a little two-bedroom flat it's not functional you know we're not going to be able to do it like that no so that kind of fell by the wayside, but because of that, I kind of lost motivation very quickly. Whereas this year, I've realised, look, 
you don't have to be lifting weight. You don't have to be doing that. Just making sure that you do something active for at least half an hour every single day. Yeah. So for the next, th- well, 300 and whatever days are left, but from New Year's Day, I said for the next 365 days, I am going to do 365 days of exercise. Yeah. Of some nature. Whether yeah. it's half an hour of stretches or a bit of yoga um i've done loads of things already it's been yeah. we've done some walking we did some walking the other day which was great i've been doing some home yoga sessions that i found on youtube oh um so i've got a couple of uh youtubers that i like that do <laughs> you know some decent like good home yoga sessions mm. um i've been doing circuits like um kinesthetic type stuff because obviously i'm quite a big guy so i may as well use the weight that i've got to exercise with me mm-hmm. um so body workouts are really good right when you're overweight um yeah the good thing is to start out you know with manageable things and build it up you know you it. don't need to hit the ground doing like the hardest exercises that's and, it so i'm just getting myself know. more mobile getting myself more flexible just trying to take the edge off my weight etc um i had a lovely time the other day and i was pissing myself laughing at myself in the living room doing uh like you know one of those um 90s aerobic workouts oh god yeah oh i had such a fun time i was just <laughs> laughing at myself the whole time thinking if somebody could actually see me now <laughs> but i really i thoroughly enjoyed myself so i'm gonna do more of that because it made me laugh yeah so today is day eight and you've done eight days i have i have oh, um wow. just done some stretches now nice um so feeling flexible it's good. Can't wait. Aye. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, so far, I'm doing all right. I've done every day so far, so that's good. Yeah, um, you, you got a calendar, didn't you? I did, bought a calendar, and I'm just going to note down what I've done each day and make sure that I've got something in every single box of that calendar. Yes, and it's a Harry Potter one. It is a Harry Potter one. <laughs> you find a place to hang it, maybe on the door or something. Maybe, maybe up in the in the studio, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's not 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 a resolution. A goal. It's a challenge. Oh, I've challenge. set myself a challenge. Uh, it's challenge me, challenge me. Instead of you. Yes, because I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, 365 days of exercise in some way. So do you want to ask me that question for the first time this year? I think that's a good idea. So, Carol. Uh huh. Oh! What's a moosin? I'm locked in or out. I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah. That's. That wasn't a good musical segue, that one. No. You're usually quite good at them. I, yeah, but I'm so bad at singing. <laughs> yeah, but usually, you know. I'm locked out. I can't get in. So, yeah, before. Christmas and before we disappeared for a month we asked people to share stories of being locked in or out of things and places. Yes. Um, And we were absolutely bowled over by a great response. How many people have been locked in or out? Loads. Everybody's got a fun story to tell so we've just cherry picked some of our faves. Mm. Uh, But before before we talk about other people's, Mm -hmm. Carol can you tell me about yours? 
Did I tell this one already? Have, have I spoken already about this on the podcast? I'm not sure, but either way, just just tell us again. Okay, so one of the most memorable ones is I was a nanny for in Mallorca. Right. Um, and before the season started, we had a nanny van. So it was like a nine-seater caravel that we'd drive around in. Um, so all the nannies piled in and we were going round villa to villa looking at every single one so that if any of the guests asked us about another one we had a little bit of knowledge about it or if for any reason we had to cover another one and just for us to know the brand yeah um so there's nine villas and there's nine nannies imagine yeah. that mm-hmm. um so we're driving around them all and we got to one that wasn't quite finished yet it was the brand new one this was the first season they had it they were still finishing things off mainly decorating like you know it was built you know, they were just kind of decorating it and finishing off. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to get to the loo. So went upstairs, went to the loo. They were all like, it was as we were leaving. So they'd all jumped back in the van waiting on me, roasting hot. And I was stuck. I could not get out. And there was no one else in the villa. They were all outside in the car waiting <laughs> on me. So I was like banging on the door, shouting, help. I had no phone because when you first go abroad, you rarely have a phone back then. You know, mm. now we'd have like three G or whatever, but back then, um, so I panicked, and then I there was a little window because it's a little bathroom, and it's like a big, like wide, I don't know how you say it, like windowsill. Yeah, I no. don't know. So I like climbed up on top of that. I opened up the window, and I was like hanging out of this like three story villa, going, "I'm stuck in the toilet. Hello." Because like, I couldn't see them. The car was parked around the front of the driveway. And just screaming, hello, hello. And then finally one of the nannies came round and she was like, what? Who's that? I was like, it's Gano, I'm stuck in the toilet. And literally just met these people like within a week. I was still the new girl. Like we're all still the new girls. Um, so they get one of the guys to come round and they're trying to open the store and no one has anything like to, to open it. And I'm like, use a coin. It was one of those ones where you can like, so I'm shouting through the door and they're like, no one's got a coin, no one's got it. So they're using a screwdriver, it's too small. And then we finally they get it with like a key or a knife, like the back of a key mm-hmm. or the knife and they open it and I get out so embarrassed and then we <laughs> got in the car and just, yeah. Oh, it's always... I, I panic because I couldn't jump out the window. No, way too high. And I was like, shouting so loud and no one was coming until I finally seen Winnie run in the corner. I was like, yes. Wow. Have you got any stories? Uh, I'm not sure if I've shared this one, but obviously there's the Cypriot Villa story. I think you have. I yeah, don't know now. I got locked out. Because my... we were talking about this with some friends. I'm like, was this with yeah. friends or was this on the podcast? Let's just tell it again. Okay. So um, we, was it the first or second year? First. First year that we we spent in Cyprus, mm-hmm. uh, and we all were lucky enough to get a villa Ooh. that was uh, like in the surrounding villa village to the hotel. Uh, and uh, me and Carol lived just up the road in a villa to ourselves because even though we were together and engaged, it was in our contract that we had separate bedrooms available. Yeah, they, they had to provide a bedroom for you and a bedroom for me. Yeah. So they put us in two-bed villa. Which was amazing for <laughs> us. Like, it was just the best. Uh, so we're in this villa, and um, the, some workmen came to do something to the patio bit, mm. just in the front of the villa. 
Right. And I heard this and I was like, oh, I'll just go and see what's going on just because nobody's told me about it. Normally when things like this happen, the villa agency sort of tell the hotel that then communicated to us, expect somebody round. Um, So I just thought I'd pop my head out and I'd say, you know, oh, you know, who are you? What are you doing here? Blah, blah, blah. You know, so I had a chat with them. Everything was fine. And they they carried on about their business. They left. And I was like, right, okay, cool. So I just got back into the villa, went to open the door, but the wind blew the door as I went to step back because <gasps> I'd left the ba- the balcony oh, doors balcony door open. open. So, the like, and it was the other side of the valley, so the winds through. swept up through the valley and uh, blew the door closed as I went to go back in. And then it's I It's one was- of those doors that... Like it's like a Yale lock. It just locks. Yeah, it just locks. Like and so without the key, there's nothing you can do. Nope. Um, and the key, I did not have because I only intended to go out there for a second just to say, "Hey, what are you up to? Everything okay? Brilliant, mm-hmm. bye." And so I'm now stood outside the villa in my tartan pajamas <laughs> and a pink t-shirt. Ooh. Sexy, right? Red mm. top, pyjamas, pink t-shirt. No phone on me. Nope. No keys on me. Nope. Nothing. So I thought, right, well, I don't really want to disturb anybody. So what I'll do is I'll walk round the block of villas and I'll come round up the balcony and see if I can get in through the windows that I left open. Mm-hmm. Which I couldn't do because they were like these... Like leaning window things, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like the window was fully open. It was just like lent, so mm, it was just a tilt. The, yeah, it was the tilt. Yeah, so there was no way of like unlocking that from the outside to get yourself in. Oh no! So I tried that for ages to try and get in, and I thought, right, I think I've left the balcony at the top open. Oh my god! So I was like, is there any way for me to climb up there? Uh, looking around, there was no way of getting to the top there. Like. If if I wanted to really hurt myself, I would have tried, you know. But I thought, no, that's not worth it at all. Mm. I thought, I can't go down to a new hotel that I work for in my tartan pyjamas, in my socks and a pink T-shirt. I a five-star luxury. I can't do that because I'm, I'm just going to get sacked. Like, off the bat, they're just going to be like, no, that guy doesn't work here anymore. Um <laughs> And we just got a new neighbour, Bill, who was the best guy. I think we've talked about Bill before. He was just a wonderful man. Uh, But we hadn't met Bill yet. We hadn't even spoken to him or anything yet. Oh, I thought the day he moved in was the day we had that party. Oh, no, so it wasn't Bill then. It was the other side. Oh. And we didn't really know that guy. And that usually wasn't occupied either. No. So I ended up knocking on their door... Uh, and they were like, hi, can we help you? And I was like, I've just been locked out. Is there any chance you've got a phone number for the hotel? Or you can phone... The villa agency. The villa something. agency. So at first we tried the hotel, um, and they couldn't get hold of you. Right. To to get the keys. Uh, so we had to get the villa agency, and they took half an hour. So... And charged you 50 euros. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get around to that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. So they came out and opened the door. And it was after they'd opened the door that the guy from the agency went, oh, yeah, we'll just put that on your bill at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, what, what do you mean? Nobody told me about a call-out fee. I would have ran down to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I would have just sucked it up and apologised. 50 euros. Yep. Yeah, so at the end of the season, with our internet bills, I think it was, we, mm. got, we got a bill for a call-out fee for somebody to come and unlock the door. So I sat with a family that I didn't know in my PJs for half an hour waiting for somebody <laughs> to come round for a call-out. In the blistering heat. In the blistering heat. It was so awkward. <laughs> And I just, I was laughing at myself for the rest of the day. So I was locked in and you were locked out? Yep. Now, I have been in locked in places, but um, other people's stories kind of trigger my stories. Yeah, so, let's hear some, so some users. let's talk about some people. So we've got some brief quick ones that I'll go over first. And then some I want to read for, directly from the post because the way they tell the story makes me laugh. Uh, so we've got Amy. Uh, Amy had just moved into a new house. So very similar, like just moved into the area, didn't really know anybody. Her and her new husband had bought a place just outside London and they locked themselves out within the first week. So neither of them had a key. Nobody else has a key for that building because it's a new house and it's theirs. So they had to call a locksmith out (gasps) and they had to stand there for half an hour waving to all the new neighbours and saying hi. Oh no. It was the best introduction to new neighbours ever. Um Mary, uh friend of the show, Mary and Alex. Uh Alex had gone to the cinema. Yeah. Uh and Mary managed to lock herself in the bathroom. Oh. And she was trying to call him and obviously because he was at the cinema, he was like, ignore that, switch that off. I'm at the cinema, you're not supposed to have that on. Uh. So she was stuck in the bathroom and they just got Thor Dog of Thunder as well. So Thor was a poppy. So she was desperately trying to keep his attention while she was locked in the bathroom so he didn't go away and chew things. In the end, I think she had to phone her dad and her dad had to come down and open up the doors and, and open up the bathroom door from the outside. At least she had her phone on her. Yeah, that was lucky. I don't always take my phone into the bathroom. No. I've been locked in a bathroom. Um, I think it was at uni. Mm. Um, I went to open the bathroom door and the entire lock just came away in my hand because it was like an old mm. hall of residence door and just that was it just pulled the pin out the whole pin the lock fell off the other side and i just had this thing in my hand and the just pin was jammed in the door still <sighs> um and we if i remember rightly we had to phone university campus maintenance mm. to come round and like get a pair of pliers and pull the pin out through the through the locking mechanism uh speaking of that uni as well a friend of mine jess was doing a project um, down at the arts campus. Now, when where we went to uni in Chester, the arts campus was completely separate to the main campus of the university. And the arts campus used to close at, I think, 8 o'clock every night. And that was it. They'd lock all the doors and switch everything off. Yeah. And the security guy would just sit in the main foyer with all the other buildings closed because it was an old high school. Mm. So it wasn't like it was one building that led all the way through. Mm. There was, like loads of different buildings so they'd lock all the others up and just sit in the main one um and the girls got locked there they couldn't get in touch with the guy on the main reception and they were locked in one of the the rooms i guess he just hadn't checked the floors properly and just locked the doors yeah uh so they finished like their rehearsal or whatever and we wanted to go home in the end um they 
looked up online and had to phone main security, who then <laughs> couldn't get in touch with the with the arts campus security guy. So somebody had to come down and unlock the doors and let them out. So they got stuck in a university building for like half an hour, forty five minutes. <laughs> Whoops. Um, speaking about being locked out of like rooms and dormitory rooms and being away, Alan, uh, who does the Hughes reviews with me, yes, uh, he he managed to lock himself out of his room in Egypt once. Oh, so me, Alan, and the guy pianist that we used to work with, Tom, we'd we'd had our little area and we used to drink there and sort of sit outside and have a few drinks. Anyway, we did that and then everybody was going out and we were like, no, no, no we're just going to sit here and have a few drinks on the roof. And then we went, oh, do you know what? Actually, maybe we should go out, and that happened quite a lot. Mm. Um, so Alan, having had a few drinks, went, yeah, 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 all right. So he went and got ready in his room, mm-hmm. <laughs> <and> <laughs> unlocked his door to let himself out, and for some reason in his drunk head he went, I'm done with those keys, threw them in the bin, closed the door and went out for a drink. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so he just, in his drunk mind... Threw his keys in the bin, went, I'm, I'm finished with those, I don't need them now, I've unlocked the door, and then closed the door, like, and it locks behind him, and off he goes for a drink, comes back after a night out and has to get the uh, the hotel to come and open his room door oh, no. while he was drunk. So, yeah, that was just... I mean, we've all done stupid stuff like that, you know, where we're not thinking about one thing and we just put it somewhere or throw it away, or... Yeah, yeah. so he threw his keys in the bin. Well done, Alan. <laughs> um, Matt... Um, got locked out of his house. A lot of people lock themselves out of their house. Yeah, I've locked myself at the flat a few times. This one isn't isn't as much of Matt's fault. Okay. So they had uh, he on, on his house. He had a, a, a one of those locks that jams a bit. Mm. You know when they get a bit stiff and they get a bit old. Give it a wiggle. Yeah. So he had that and and he thought, oh, it's just being a bit stiff as he was locking his door to leave. And then he re- he sort of jiggled it a bit too hard and broke the key. Oh. Re- and then realised on the other side of the door he'd left his keys in. Oh. So it had jammed the entire lock. And then he realised that the keys that he had were the only set of keys for the house that didn't have the back door key on it. Oh. Um, so then I had to wait for a locksmith to come out, which is, you know, a bit annoying and a bit, you know, mm. awkward. But the the words, well, the funniest part of that is, is that his other half was uh, just coming back from a charity walk and was dressed in a pudsy onesie. <laughs> had to sit on the doorstep for half an hour waiting for a locksmith to come out and open the door for it. Oh, so, dear. Uh, he sent us a lovely picture of her sat on the doorstep looking a bit <gasps> fed up with him. <laughs> We've got Becky, Becky Noble. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said that she got locked in a friend's house. Oh, with her, with her friend. Okay. Um, she had like a Yale lock thing, so yeah. it's key on the outside, and you know one of those latching systems on the inside. Okay. You know where you pull the latch, and then that unlocks it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that jammed on the inside, so the only way to open the door was with the key from the outside and they were both stuck in oh. so they they were with their heads out the window trying to flag down strangers so they could throw down the keys and unlock the door oh no and i think i've had to do that once before as well i think i did that in a flat that i lived in a first floor flat i had to i lived above a high street uh and we got locked in 
and no. uh, we had to throw it down to a stranger in the high street who then had to come into our building, come up above the shops and then open the door from there. Jeez that oh. has happened to me as well. Um, my brother. Oh, which one? Gaz, mm. the elder. <laughs> uh, he managed to get himself locked out of the new pub that he was working at. Oh. So Gaz has taken a lot of like live-in managerial jobs. Yeah. Um, so he lived above this pub with the chef. Um, so it was a new job. He'd only been there a few weeks, and the chef they'd gone for a night out, and the chef had gone home and f- like just forgotten that he needed to leave the bottom door open for Gaz. Oh. Because he was so used to just going home and go to bed. Yeah. Um, so my brother saw that there was a downstairs window open. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, just getting through that. But my brother's a little bit vertically challenged. Yeah. He's not the tallest guy in the world. So poor little Gaz couldn't quite get to that, that bottom floor window oh. <laughs> to get into. So drunkenly, he constructed a tower out of pub garden furniture <laughs> to climb up and get in the window, uh, which was fine. So we got in and he went to bed and you know got ready for work the next day and came down and the manager, um, the, the, the owner, um, sort of pulled him into the office and was like, watch the CCTV this morning, Gaz. And Gaz was like, right? And he was oh, like, no. I was quite surprised to find you drunkenly building a tower in our back garden. <laughs> so on the CCTV is just Gaz stumbling around, like, moving benches and all sorts of oh, things and, gosh. like, stacking them up drunkenly and trying to get into the break into the pub. It was a good start to a new job, you know? <laughs> um... And then this one really makes me chuckle. So uh, friends, uh, Lisa and Danny, mm-hmm. uh, they worked on the cruise ships together. Yes. And they were performers on the ships. And <clears throat> so when you work on a cruise ship, you get like a key card, which pretty much does everything for you. Right. Like opens your doors, it's your crew card, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you've had to deal with those like sort of card system doors and stuff like that, like when you're in hotels mm-hmm. and stuff like similar sort of thing. So they're staying in the cabin one night uh, together and um, Lisa talks in her sleep. Oh, no. So she must have said something like, oh, I just heard something outside. Go and check it for me. So Daddy wakes up and goes, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I'll go and check that. (laughs) Goes outside in his underpants and just goes to see what's happening. Bang, door slams behind him, just like John in, in his villa in Cyprus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's, he's currently outside in his pants, and, he, and so he's like, right, fine, I'll just knock on the door and wake her up, and, mm-hmm. and I'll get back in. So he's hammering on the door. Lisa does not wake up for oh, no. anything, um, and he's banging so loud that he ends up waking up the spa manager instead of waking up Lisa, who lived next door to Lisa. Um, and she's like, right, that's fine, we'll phone security and get you into the, into the room. But security won't let him in the room because officially it's not his room. Oh, it's so her So they've room. got a room each. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to us, they by contract have to have a room each. So they won't let him in. No. Uh, so the way she sort of says it is that like, so she cuts back to herself and she wakes up at like four o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. not knowing that she said there's a, there's a noise outside, go and check it. And all of a sudden he's gone. <gasps> Uh, so she's like running around all the crew decks like checking 
you know, the smoking decks of the ship, thinking he's gone overboard somehow and he's disappeared and oh, all this no. sort of stuff. So she's panicking and looking for him, running around the crew mess, you know, asking anybody if she's seen them and all this sort of stuff. Eventually, she kind of twigs. She comes out of, like, the tired haze and realises, oh, he's probably just gone back to his own room then, hasn't mm. he? So she finally finds him mm-hmm. in his own room, dressed in a pink velour tracksuit that he's got off the spa manager, <laughs> looking angry as anything because he's had to like get security to give him a card to go back to his own room. And uh, she is so overwhelmed because she's been thinking for the last half an hour that, you know... He's, he's dead. He's dead and he's gone overboard that she just collapses on the floor and cries and he's Aww. really pissed off. So just a oh, comedy of errors there and it's brilliant. <laughs> uh, and the last two... I want to read directly from the post. Okay. Because I can't word them any better. No. And it's all it's all about the story, so give me a second. Uh, this one I want to read because I'm not sure that I quite understand exactly how it works or the mechanics of it. So, it's from Lynn. Mm-hmm. So, she says, Me and Alistair both have a habit of putting the house keys in the glove box of the car when we go out so that we still have them if I lose my bag or anything. Sounds logical, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I usually got the train into work and left my car at the station in Lark Hall. Due to the snow one day, the trains and the buses were cancelled, so my dad came to get me in Glasgow and pick me up. He dropped me at the house. Alistair let me in. Next morning, Alistair had already gone to work and... And I get ready to go to mine, get ready to leave, and I can't find my house keys. Realise Alistair let me in last night, so they must be in the car. Phoned my work to explain that I'd be late, and phoned my dad and asked him to bring the spare key up for me. Finally get outside and realise not only did I get locked inside my house, I'd forgotten my car was at the train station and <laughs> left it there all night. <laughs> so... From what I can tell, she's now locked herself out of a house and has no car to get to work. Yep. Yep. (laughs) These things we do to think that we're saving ourselves from stuff. When it goes wrong, it really goes horribly wrong, right? I was was reading it. I was like, how do I note this down? I was like, I'm just going to read it off that because... So the others uh, are from our friend Dave at Tall Tales. Oh, yes. Um, He is a superb storyteller so i thought i'd just and read he appears them. to get himself locked out of places quite a lot yeah you, you're really good at this dave this is just the cherry pick stories you know this is like the the ones that he could tell me since then he's told me a few more <laughs> so here we go i'll just read them as they're written so morel was studying in dundee absolutely bossing her postgrad for teaching while i was Back in work, back in Glasgow for work. Uh, as such, all our stuff was in kangaroo self storage while I was living at my and Pa's for the year. Uh, of an evening, uh, I had to head there after work to get an amp, mic, and some other things for a rehearsal for a gig. Anywho, I stroll up after five after work and sign in in the book to head up and rummage. After taking a tad longer to find things than I need, don't remember if I even got the thing which would sort of make sense given everything that is to happen that night. Uh, As I come out of the unit and I'm locking up, I'm aware of a faint pulsing sound, which didn't strike me as odd initially. 
Only when I made it down to the main foyer of the storage unit did the blaring become glaringly obvious. Everyone had gone home uh, and I'd been locked in the storage unit. Filled with panic and a creeping fear, I instantly began to consider... I'd fear I'd instantly be considered a burglar. There was only <laughs> one number I was phoning. Sadly, Morel was up in Dundee studying still. So amid the sounds of her aunt's hysterical laughter, her response was, what are you expecting me to be able to do? Have you phoned the police and kangaroo self-storage? Uh, two valid questions in hindsight. Uh, phoning the police first, their response was, is there any safe way you can get out? Great thought terrified little old me i'm phoning to advise them i'm not breaking in and they're advising me to break out (laughs) thinking back on it now in more detail i was able to get out the car park by using a fire escape in the delivery bay but credit where credit's due this was so extremely secure so there was no way out even from outside Plus, I was then filled with even more worry that police, fire and kangaroo response vehicles would descend upon me at any moment. (laughs) (laughs) On phoning kangaroo, I was met with an automated message advising me it was now out of hours. Thanks for the heads up. And if needed, if I needed urgent access, I would need to apply for this at a ridiculous charge. <laughs> Thankfully, the kangaroo employee did show up eventually, having been alerted to the blaring alarms. What proceeded was the most awkward cheerio I've ever experienced. <laughs> <laughs> I was so shamefaced about the whole incident and desperate not to have to pay the fine while the employee was similarly bashful having forgotten to check the sign-out sheet before locking up that we formed some sort of mutual shared understanding. After a few awkward jokes about not being able to tell the time, we merely nodded awkwardly, grunted goodbye and telepathically agreed never to speak of this again, which you've now broken, Dave. Uh, Needlessly to say, uh, I was pretty late for rehearsal that night. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I I couldn't have worded that any better myself, so I had to just read it um, as it was. But, yeah, now you've told the internet, Dave. Whoops. Whoops, that poor kangaroo employee. (laughs) Okay, and this next one's titled... This is from Dave again. (laughs) This next one's titled Pizzagate. Oh, yes. Okay, coming home from work of of an eve, uh, I was particularly excited to nip across to our local Asda, a short five-minute walk away, to pick up one of their delicious pizzas. So excited was I that I didn't want any time wasted, so I decided to preheat the oven while I nipped across. No big issue. Ten minute trip if I jogged and the oven would be perfect temperature on my return for a tasty treat. Returning to the flat, however, I'd found that I'd left my keys inside. (laughs) Who's the first person I call? Again, Morel. Advice she couldn't do anything to try my mum who'd given the spare keys before and the landlord who would have a spare set. Mum patiently advised me that she had given that she had to give me their set of keys after I'd lost my own <laughs> earlier that month. So the keys inside the flat were that very set. The landlord was currently in Spain. Next word shit has its own paragraph. 
what proceeded was two and a half hours of trying to slide cards down the side of the door <laughs> to catch the lock. Um, creating wild contraptions to feed through the letterbox to try and open the lock, <laughs> all to no avail. Biting the bullet, I had to call out an emergency locksmith to effectively break into my house and drill off the existing lock. Turns out the oven was now well up to heat. Pizza was ace, though. <laughs> At around £206.95 cost, including pizza, the whole ordeal, it really could have been, it really couldn't have been anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Dave. So, as I said, I had to just uh, read those as written because I never would have done them justice otherwise. Um, But, as always, we really appreciate everybody who writes writes in and we thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed hearing you locked in slash out stories yes so that is all that we kind of got time for at the moment carol so i think what it'd be nice to do is maybe set something up for the next episode oh um because we haven't done one in a while Mm -hmm. thought we'd maybe do a top 10 a top 10 top 10 top 10 um, and because I'm a gentleman, mm-hmm. ladies first. Okay. <laughs> Think on the spot, go. Well, since it's a new year. It is a new year. Why don't we have top 10 moments of 2020? Right. So between the two of us, we'll have 20 moments of 2020. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, I think that's going to be really difficult. Hmm. Because there hasn't been that many highlights. No, but... We'll find stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can be like a less intense highlight. Sure, sure. But still a little We'll highlight. find something. Ten, ten nice things. Ten nice things yeah. from 2020. Yeah. I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it, do it, do it. Let's Here do we it. go. Here we go. Cool. <laughs> Here we go, here we go. We gotta rock. Good I'm singing the song. Impromptu me, Rick's there. <laughs> Love it. Was that not the right words? No. <laughs> <laughs> On that wonderful note, my love, yeah. uh, it's time to bid everyone adieu. And we'll be <laughs> back soon. Yes, I'm working four days and then we'll record them. So yeah, chat to you soon. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you.